This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 605, 53 degrees in downtown Boise. Heard a cold front blew through last night. I missed it. Must, <laughs> must have came after I went to bed. I was outside about 10 o'clock last night. Yeah. To take the dog out before I went to bed. And I was like, wow, this is a really nice fall night. So You were outside at 10 p.m.? 10, 10 p.m. I was out cold at 10 p.m. <laughs> well, I was, you know, not like I was outside doing anything. I was just yeah. out to make sure the dog was coming back in the house sometime right. so I could go back to bed. Phone lines open once again this morning at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you uh, want to get through. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. It's Tuesday morning. That means uh, Bronco Tuesday will be coming up a little bit later. We'll talk about the other Olympic sports on Tuesday. Bob Beeler with us uh, once again a little bit later. Several of the teams doing pretty well in the early fall season. I, I was trying to come up with yesterday when he talked uh, about when he thought soccer would be coming in. He told yeah. us, and I, I'm trying to think of there's a team not doing well as of right now. And <laughs> Soccer's so far, doing well. Volleyball's doing well. Cross-country's doing well. So far, uh, the Boise State football team, <laughs> who just won this past weekend, as a matter of fact, lost the two games, might be doing the worst out of any mm-hmm. of the teams at, at Boise State right now. It's always good when all the teams are doing well. They had a really good year last year with and the football team's golf, 500. Tennis, yeah. Well, all golf that also doing well. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. yeah. So uh, I think tennis is doing well. Um, we've had, mm-hmm. we've talked to the uh, tennis coach and one of the tennis players who've been doing very well this year. Uh, so anyway, that will be coming up a little bit later this morning, about uh, 8.35. Um, still on the way for you this week, uh, government shutdown. Haven't got any closer to uh, an agreement. Of course, uh, everybody in Congress uh, had a four-day weekend, so there wasn't a lot of done <laughs> until yesterday when they uh, came so you, back. So you can tell they're just really anxious about this. Yes. Um, I, I Right now, personal opinion. I, I, I tend to lean, I, I want to say 50-50 that we'll have a government shutdown, <clears throat> but I think I, I'm leaning to a little more 40-60. <laughs> that we'll have a government thinking that there will 60% chance, 60, 40, 60, 40, 60% chance that by Saturday they will not come to an agreement. And uh, I don't know how long it'll last, but I I don't think they're going to come to an agreement over the next five days. I'm somewhere between 51-49 and (laughs) 99-1. I think it's going to happen. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coming up this morning, we'll we'll talk about the... uh, Impeachment inquiry. The uh, House hearing gets underway. We now officially know who the witnesses for the first day will be called. We'll tell you about who those witnesses are and uh, what the hearing hopes to find out from those witnesses. We'll talk about that. <laughs> One of the thing uh, things that we found out, and we talked about yesterday. And we've got some emails that came in after the show. Um, your thoughts on whether or not this Russia-Ukraine war is going to end anytime soon. Or is this something that's going to be going going on like past wars that just goes on for decades and we just keep sending money and more money and more money to help Ukraine fight the evil Russians? 
And we ask your your opinion on whether or not we should continue to do this for decades. Is it something that we should be standing up to Russia? Is it something good for the entire world to continue to send taxpayer dollars there? It's kind of interesting because it kind of, even though we talked about it yesterday, I noticed there were a whole bunch of uh, stories that kind of exploded uh, on this beyond our show. I'm not saying that, you know, people were listening to our show and saying, hey, we probably should write something about this. Um, number one of the things we're going to get to uh, Google's AI uh, Bard. They uh, plugged in, wanted to find out how long they thought AI would thought that the uh, war was going to go on. We'll share that coming up with you uh, this morning. Um, that's kind of concerning if uh, AI is correct. Um, <laughs> the other thing, this was interesting, and it's maddening, and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what the U.S. taxpayers can do about it. Uh, we talked about how the U.S. was confiscating um, multi-billion-dollar yachts from oligarchs from Russia, right? Trying to pressure that—that that would help, hopefully, pressure yeah. Putin from the people that are big supporters and have a lot of money um, to help support the war. So they were confiscating yachts from these oligarchs i mean some of them hundred million uh some all the way up to a billion dollar yachts they have one that they think there might are, be putin's yacht there are billion dollar yachts. yeah yeah this and i was not aware of yeah so the the most maddening thing about this it, it, and at, at first when i heard this it's like good this will put some pressure on them but we're finding out now that it's such a convoluted ownership type of deals that these oligarchs they're not stupid so they don't just put their name in you know the, the yacht in their own name yeah, they have shell corporations when you're, when you're and, hiding money why would you do yeah that? yeah so that nobody can find out easily who the owners of a lot of these yachts are like one of the yachts is suspected to be putin's personal yacht that's valued at like half a billion dollars but it doesn't have putin's name on it anywhere they just suspect it now here's the maddening part about this all these yachts right now are being held, and there's a maintenance on yachts so that they don't basically become floating pieces of crap. <laughs> U.S. taxpayers are paying for the maintenance on these yachts, and the maintenance on these yachts, we're, we're talking tens of millions of dollars per month. Um, an expert on uh, the uh, yacht said you can basically count... 10% of whatever a yacht counts as the maintenance on that yacht. Wow. So that must be why I don't have one. Yeah, uh, you know, so my first thought is, well, quit paying, you know, quit paying for the maintenance. Just let them become why do we care? Well, <laughs> part part of it is you want to get those yachts because um you take those yachts and then you sell them off eventually to help pay some of the tax dollars you know that that the united states is coming that goes back in, in, into the tax coffers um it, it's maddening to know that we're paying all this money to keep the yachts and eventually it could be that we're we don't find out that we can even take ownership of these yachts um the article also said that there is a large number of people that want to buy super yachts that the the market is big which you wouldn't expect when you're talking, you know, $100 million to $1 billion for these yachts, but apparently there's a lot of rich people in the world that would like their own super yachts. 
And the problem is when you try to sell these, if there's no clear title to the yacht, like the United States can't say, yes, we have confiscated, which could take years through the courts. Number one, it could take years just to find out the true owner. And then you have to go through the legal process of actually taking control of that yacht. But then uh, people who buy the yachts eventually are like, are reluctant to do so because they're afraid that you know they pay the money for the yacht and the original true owner comes out and says, mm. no, this isn't their yacht. This is my yacht. I want my yacht back. <laughs> so you, I, you got I, came all these, to get, I came to get the stuff that's hidden in the walls. You've got all these tax dollars going to something that has nothing to do with the actual fighting that's going on. Uh, in Russia, so I mean, it, it's 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 just a huge convoluted thing, um, and could go on for decades. And, and like I said, uh, we'll talk about AI's uh, chilling war predictions on this, and how think they how long they think it's going to go on. Uh, another thing we'll talk about uh, this morning: uh, the House has reached support for a special legislative session. Um, the Senate has reached a proposal for a legis- special legislative session. Uh, however, both proposals are different, so <laughs> there's a little problem there in the legislature being able to call themselves back in. And keep in mind, they only have until Saturday to do it, not just come back to special session they have to come back to a special session and in that session they have to agree on a bill that would uh, allow primaries to come back because if it doesn't happen by october 1st that means there is going to be a caucus next year for the u.s presidential election instead of uh primary so i'm sure they're all stumbling over themselves to hurry in and well i mean you have two different proposals right now so they have to come to some agreement between yeah. the senate and the house and like i said it's tuesday they have until saturday to not only call the session back get everybody here meet agree and vote before october 1st because they have to get that what we're going to do to the rnc before then so those are some of the things we'll talk about this morning uh, our phone lines like i said are open you can call us up if you want 208-336-3700 dow futures are down 114 points yay another day down on the dow buying opportunity if you have any cash right now time for a first check on sports once again this morning with chris it's brought to you by pork belly and cuna get in today for breakfast they open up every day monday through sunday seven days a week beginning at 2 a.m until uh, beginning at 7 a.m until 2 p.m boise state sophomore running back ashton genty monday was named the mountain west offensive player of the week that's shocking genty had 23 carries for a career high 205 yards and two touchdowns friday night as the broncos beat san diego state 34 31 he also caught four passes for 49 yards. Genty was the first Mountain West player to rush for more than 200 yards in a game since 2018. Defensive Player of the Week is sophomore nickelback Rook Brown of Wyoming. In the Cowboys' 22-19 win over Appalachian State on Brown's birthday, he made seven tackles, recovered a fumble, and intercepted a pass to seal Wyoming's victory in the final seconds of the game on their own six-yard line. Special Teams Player of the Week is senior Ja'Cory Hawkins of Wyoming, who picked up a blocked field goal attempt and returned it 63 yards for the Cowboys' go-ahead touchdown in that game. It was the first blocked field goal returned for a touchdown in Wyoming football history, which amounts to 131 seasons. That's the first? First. Wow. They were playing in the 1890s. Freshman of the Week is running back Jaden Thomas of Nevada, Las Vegas, Thomas carried 13 times for 100 yards and four touchdowns as the Rebels beat Texas El Paso 45-28.
There were two NFL games Monday. Cincinnati won for the first time this season, 1916, over the Rams. The Bengals' defense held Los Angeles to only one third-down conversion in 11 attempts. Jamar Chase of Cincinnati caught 12 passes for 141 yards. In the other game, the Eagles stayed undefeated with a 25-11 win over the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. For the Eagles, DeAndre Swift, the second most famous person named Swift in football news this week, (laughs) ran the ball 16 times for 130 yards, and A.J. Brown caught nine passes for 131 yards. Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Miami are the only remaining unbeaten teams after three weeks of play. The next NFL game on the schedule is Thursday night at 6 between the Lions and Packers. By the way, since Taylor Swift attended Sunday's Chiefs win over the Bears, with Travis Kelsey's mother, sales for Kelsey jerseys, which were already pretty good, are up 80% in the past 36 hours. That's sports. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 624, it is 52 degrees in downtown Boise. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, there is a conspiracy theory coming out about uh, one of the uh, top stories of the NFL this week. Taylor Swift, mm. Travis Kelce. Have you seen this uh, conspiracy I, theory? I have not seen a conspiracy theory yet. This was done. They're, they're not actually dating. They're not actually going out, uh, hanging out. This was done 100% for publicity for Taylor Swift's movie, which comes out October 13th. Because if there's one thing she doesn't have enough of, it's publicity. Well, I mean, if you want to make a few extra, you know, $100 million when your movie comes out, or $10 million, um, it it is interesting because I hadn't even thought about that until I started seeing it show show up on social media. Um, And... You know, when you see the video of them walking out, I mean, they're not walking out arm in arm or, or they're not even holding hands when they walk yeah. out of their stadium. They're just, you know, walking out together. She was sitting with, with mom. I'm not entirely sure that they had met each other before Sunday. Yeah, that's what I, I couldn't figure out either. Because last week, all the stories were about how he clearly wanted to meet her and give her a little gift or something at a concert and couldn't get backstage. So he complained to... uh uh, the news and the news got back to her. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking for publicity and whether or not it works, but your story, Travis Kelce's jersey yeah. jumped up, what, 80, over 80% 80% in, sales? in 36 hours. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, as far as publicity, it's working for the NFL and it's working for Travis Kelce. I, I don't do, do, maybe, I don't think the actual players actually get a cut of their jersey sales, do they? Uh, in the NFL. Depends on their contract. The teams definitely do. Yeah, the teams do. The NFL makes money on that. Yeah. So, I mean, the NFL's making money. So, I mean, I'm sure they're okay with it. And They, they probably get an, an additional payment. Like, uh, the it used to be small, but uh, the baseball card companies used to have to pay each player right. a little bit a of little money. Bit of it. Like, back in the day, it was only like $50 each or something. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's the case uh, now or not. But, I mean, like I said, the NFL's making money. The team yeah. is making money because uh, of the huge increase in sales. So, publicity is at least working out for Travis. Um, and like you said, how much more publicity does Taylor Swift really need? Well, or at this point, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Except for the fact, I mean, you look, it, it really was one of the bigger stories in the NFL this weekend, yeah. and she has nothing to do with football. True. Which, which is crazy. Well, she didn't. Yeah. 
KBOI News Time, 626. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI. 641-208-336-3700. That's our uh, text message, as well as our main number. Uh, we got a text in, uh, it doesn't matter who Taylor Swift is dating, because whoever it is, she's just going to be writing a breakup song about him in about six months. Well, that could be a fun one. Yeah, might, might be a good one. Um, that, by the way, uh, not the only celebrity to talk about this morning. Uh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg was in Boise yesterday, actually mm-hmm. Meridian yesterday. Yep. Um, pushing his uh, new... He must have a bunch of businesses oh, going on does. right now in, Bo- this was, in Boise. Uh, his alcohol, right? Yeah. The- Fletcher Azul oh, yeah, Fletcher. Tequila. Apparently, if you're a celebrity and you don't have an alcohol, you ain't nobody. Yeah, Aaron Paul's got one. Uh Course, uh, what's his uh, what's it? the other actor sold his gin recently for like a hundred million dollars? Um, oh god, I can't remember. He played uh, uh, no, it's not Clooney. Um, oh, I'm gonna have to uh, think of his name here real quickly. You mean Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds, yeah, yeah sold his. Oh, that was that aviation gin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fletcher Azul, by the way. In case you want to pick up a bottle for yourself, it's only $60 a bottle. Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar, Has yeah. a tequila business. So Mark Wahlberg was here in April of this year. Right. Um, he's got some other food um, company that he's working with trying to get into Albertsons, and that's what he was here in April for. So he spent, he spent a lot of time in Idaho this year. Apparently for the last uh, two weeks before he was in Meridian, he's been in Coeur d'Alene vacationing. Well, you remember uh, he met J.L. Skinner at the yeah, Albertsons over yeah. by Boise State, and he was wanting J.L. He, he wanted the Patriots to pick up J.L. Skinner, which they didn't, but that was kind of funny. I'll bet uh, after the first three games of the year, J.L. Skinner wished the Patriots had picked him up, too. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The Patriots aren't getting beat by... Uh, by 60, 50 by, points. By, by 50 points. <laughs> Um, Shannon Sharp went off on the Denver organization yesterday. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. He he said, basically, he said, this game proves that there is only one, per, one group of people within the Denver organization that is doing their job, and that's the owner, because they have given hundreds of millions of dollars to bring in talent like Russell Wilson, to bring in a new coach like Sean Payton, and not one person is doing their job. said, when you get 70 points scored on you, that proves that there is not one person in the organization from scouting to coaches to players that have done their job. You can also look at it that the owner's plan didn't work. Well, I don't know what kind of plan the owners have. I mean, they just give money. It's like, you know, the yeah. general manager says, hey, we need to bring these guys in. It's like, uh, we need this much money. It's like, all right. You know, I, I don't have a lot of money because I'm a Walton. But here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they have lots of money. Yeah. Not Chris Walton. No, no. The other Waltons. This would be the Walmart Waltons. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the uh, uh, Twin Falls School District Waltons, <laughs> I guess is what we want. You might be, you know what? <laughs> Uh, fifth cousins twice removed, maybe? Sixth, seventh? Well, seventh let's put it this removed? way. Um, not close enough to get a paycheck. <laughs>
Not not going to be in their uh, wills, is what you're saying? No. Time for another Check on Sports. Once again, it is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go if you want a delicious lunch or breakfast. Every day, they're there early in the morning uh, making their deliciousness from scratch. Not just from scratch, but also, as Chef Wally says, making it with love. Things like in-house smoked pork belly and pulled pork that's on the smoker for up to 11, 12 hours. Mm. Homemade marionberry cream cheese and a whole lot more. Get in and find out why it is so delicious today pork belly in downtown cuna in major league baseball the mariners are now a game and a half behind houston in the race for the sixth and final american league playoff spot last night astros pitcher justin verlander held seattle to only three hits and one run over eight innings with eight strikeouts and one walk as houston won 5-1 no team clinched a playoff berth on monday with six days remaining in the season six spots are still up for grabs also in baseball, the management of the Padres, who are three games under 500 and not yet mathematically eliminated, but unlikely to make the playoffs, despite winning nine of their last 10 games, indicated their plan is to cut the San Diego payroll by 20% this winter. Their current intent is to trade star pitchers Josh Hader and Blake Snell and outfielder Juan Soto, wow. while retaining star infielders Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, and Fernando Tatis Jr., so they have six big stars, and they're three games under five hundred. A couple of setbacks for the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday. An arrest warrant was issued for Pro Bowl defensive back J.C. Jackson. Jackson was charged with criminal speeding in 2021 in Massachusetts when he was a New England Patriot and ordered to take a class for reckless drivers. He reportedly failed to attend the class, failed to pay a $300 fine, and failed to show up for a recent scheduled court appearance. The team also announced Monday that wide receiver Mike Williams, who caught six passes Sunday in the Chargers' 28-24 win over the Vikings for 110 yards and a touchdown, tore his left anterior cruciate ligament in the third quarter of the game and will now miss the remainder of the season. This will be the fifth consecutive season in which Williams has missed at least one game because of injuries. That's sports. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the... But when the FBI raided the Menendez home, they found nearly a half a million dollars in cash and others in a safe. Menendez with his explanation. I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. The New Jersey Democrat, whose wife Nadine was also charged as well, is also accused of taking bribes to help two local businessmen fend off criminal investigations. Wads of cash stuffed in a jacket embroidered with his name, gold bars, and a new Mercedes. I firmly believe that when all the facts are presented, not only will I be exonerated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. But the senator did not address how he got that new Mercedes convertible, and he did not explain why he had the gold bars in his home, or why, after returning from one trip to Egypt, he allegedly performed a web search for how much one kilo of gold is worth. <laughs> how many times have we told you? Know, you? The, over the, and over, don't do Google searches the, uh, on things... Uh, ways that you're going to break got, the law. I got three things to say about that, and only about one of those statements, in fact. Uh, he talked about, you know, his, he, he has this in mind that his, uh, you know, money would be confiscated by, well, the Cubans, is mm-hmm. because, you know, he was uh, from Cuba. They, his family is Cuban. 
However, they left Cuba in 1953, which was the year before he was born, so he wasn't born in Cuba. Uh, Also, 1953, when they left, was uh, quite a few years before Fidel Castro, so nobody was confiscating money at that time. Also, he's a member of the Senate Banking Committee, (laughs) and if a member of the Senate Banking Committee is worried that his money that's in the bank could be confiscated (laughs) by the government, suddenly I'm worried, too. (laughs) (laughs) So much. I mean... As you heard right there, he had thousands of dollars. Well, how does if he had thousands of dollars, why does he have millions of dollars? Yeah, exactly. And and as and a senator, well, he had four hundred eighty thousand dollars in cash and then gold bars on top of that. Uh, You know, a a senator does make fairly good money, but probably not enough Mm -hmm. to have four hundred eighty thousand dollars in cash standing by. Mm -hmm. And where did the car come from? Santa Claus? I got it as a Christmas gift last year. Santa Claus delivered it down the chimney. You know, all they have to do, by the way, is check with his bank <laughs> to, to see if he really has been withdrawing all that money from his personal account. Yesterday, uh, he made a public statement rejecting calls to resign, vowing to fight federal charges. So my question to you is, Menendez vows not to resign and fight bribery charges. How long before he resigns? Uh, three o'clock today, maybe. I'm thinking, uh... <laughs> I don't know if it's that quick. Um uh, I, I, by the end of October, I don't think he's going to be a senator anymore, personally. And, and I, I, not because somebody he, said yesterday that the Republicans don't want him to uh, resign because uh, what they are trying to show is that see anybody can be indicted and still serve. <laughs> I thought, well, that's a bit of a stretch. There, there is starting to be growing number of Democrats who have come out and yeah. said. Uh, over the past 24 hours, I think the official count now is up to three. Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi is saying, look, this is problematic. He should probably resign. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was a little more adamant, saying uh, he needs to resign yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that, if you can go back, you know, in history, if you're a part of the may uh, not Senate, have been, but, uh, May not have been a completely literal sentence. Yeah. Uh, by the way, in case you're curious, Menendez and his wife Nadine have been charged with conspiracy to commit bribery, conspiracy to commit honest services fraud, and conspiracy to commit extortion under color of official right. There's also a rumor going around that their marriage was a sham to begin with because she's basically just an Egyptian spy. <laughs> wow. I, I did see pictures. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they are a tad mismatched, I think, yeah. uh, by normal standards. If you say, not, not to say that there's not such a thing as true love. Because, true, absolutely. You know, I'm one of those people that Me can too. point to my marriage and say, I way outmarried beyond my punt coverage. Exactly. Uh, however. <laughs> or as, uh, what was it, Sophia Loren said, uh, I married beneath me. All women do. Yeah. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, you want to weigh in? Feel free. We'll take your phone calls, your emails, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Time now for another check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. They are open now. Don't forget, a full espresso and coffee bar rivals any coffee shop featuring the best beans available for Pork Belly's Daily Pork Coffee. And you can get it through the drive-thru without even getting out of your car. 
open across the board right now as they are every morning at 7 a.m. Pork Belly and CUNA. Boise State sophomore running back Ashton Genty Monday was named the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week. Genty had 23 carries for a career-high 205 yards and two touchdowns Friday night as the Broncos beat San Diego State 34-31. He also caught four passes for 49 yards. Genty was the first Mountain West player to rush for more than 200 yards in a game since 2018. Defensive Player of the Week is sophomore nickelback Rook Brown of Wyoming. In the Cowboys' 22-19 win over Appalachian State on Brown's birthday, he made seven tackles, recovered a fumble, and intercepted a pass to seal Wyoming's victory in the final seconds of the game on Wyoming's six-yard line. Special Teams Player of the Week is senior Ja'Cory Hawkins of Wyoming, who picked up a blocked field goal attempt and and returned it 63 yards for the Cowboys' go-ahead touchdown in that game. It was the first blocked field goal return for a touchdown in Wyoming football history, which amounts to 131 seasons. Freshman of the week is running back Jaden Thomas of Nevada, Las Vegas. Thomas carried 13 times for 100 yards and four touchdowns as the Rebels beat Texas El Paso 45-28. There were two NFL games Monday. Cincinnati won for the first time this season, 1916 over the Rams. The Bengals' defense held Los Angeles to only one third-down conversion in 11 attempts. Jamar Chase of Cincinnati caught 12 passes for 141 yards. In the other game, the Eagles stayed undefeated with a 25-11 win over the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. For the Eagles, DeAndre Swift, the second most famous person named Swift in football news this week, ran the ball 16 times for 130 yards, and A.J. Brown caught nine passes for 131 yards. Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Miami are the only remaining unbeaten teams after three weeks of play. The next NFL game on the schedule is Thursday night at 6 between the Lions and Packers. That's sports. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin spiced latte, pumpkin cookies. They're delicious, but millions are injured, humiliated, traumatized every fall by a growing wave of needless pumpkin-flavored foods and drinks. I went to a local deli earlier this month and was coerced into ordering pumpkin spiced tuna salad sandwich. It was awful. I can still taste it when I burp. I went out with friends last weekend. I just wanted something different. I was talked into pumpkin spiced chicken quesadillas. tasted like seasonal baby vomit. The hot waitress suggested loaded bacon cheddar chive pumpkin wedges. I ralphed so hard, I cracked a rib. Pumpkin is not for everything. Neither is spice. What is that? Clove? With your help, we can return pumpkin to its rightful place in pie and as a southern (laughs) activity. Learn how you can join the fight. Call 1-800-BAD-GORD now. I, I don't get the pumpkin spice everything uh, every year. Pumpkin spice latte hit Starbucks uh, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I But I'm not a pumpkin lover. I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like the taste of pumpkin. I know some people do. But this new item being sold just seems uncalled for, <laughs> shall I say. A company called Dube Wipes is making a new thing. Dube. Um, Dude, dude, dude wipes. Oh, dude wipes. Yeah, dude wipes. Mm. Um, they're called Dumpkin Spice Wipes, and basically they're butt wipes that are pumpkin flavored. 
According and, to this, and this again is necessary. Why? I, no idea. That's why I said they're completely unnecessary and ridiculous. Mm. According to the description, they're designed to quote keep your hiney cozy with a pumpkin spice inspired mix of clove, nutmeg, and other fall scents. And that makes it more cozy. <laughs> I, I see. I don't. I don't get any and of the pumpkin spice. Stuff. Is that something you really want from your rear end? Is more no, cozy? I, yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, by the way, it, it's already uh, available to purchase on Amazon. Is it? Uh, you can uh, apparently it's going to be at Walmart if you want to pick it up at Walmart. I how surprising. Yeah, I I just I just don't get a lot of the pumpkin spice stuff, but this one makes really no sense to me whatsoever. I love pumpkin pie and I like pumpkin cake. But do you want it on your hiney? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, if you like pumpkin flavored stuff, more power. To you, I guess. KBOI News I mean, time. I can, you know, see where a clean smell is advantageous, and, but not really a pumpkin smell. You, so guys, you guys smell pumpkins? Uh, this update, final update on sports this morning, Chris, brought to you by Pork good, Belly in Cuna. <laughs> What's that pumpkin smell? Sorry. Um, if you want to get it, I'm, I'm sure they don't have a lot of pumpkin spice stuff in Pork mm. Belly and Cuna, but I, I'm guessing they probably have pumpkin spice latte in their coffee drive through uh, Check it out. Ask for it by for name. N- for now, their restrooms are safe. <laughs> check it out by name. Um, oh, $20. Our, our producer, Derek, just looked it up. Uh, three packs, 144 count. That's a good deal. 144, for 20, 144 count for $20. That's not bad. How much should pumpkin spice uh, wipes cost? Well, definitely not more than twenty dollars right, for one hundred and forty-four count. I just really want to, you know, find out if I got a good deal or not. <laughs> not that I'm going to buy them. Is it my turn? Yeah, we're, okay, waiting, good. we're waiting on you. In Major League Baseball, the Mariners are now a game and a half behind Houston in the race for the sixth and final American League playoff spot. Last night, Astros pitcher Justin Verlander held Seattle to only three hits and one run over eight innings with eight strikeouts and one walk as Houston won 5-1. No team clinched a playoff berth on Monday with six days remaining in the season, five for some teams. Uh, Six spots are still up for grabs. Also in baseball, the management of the Padres, who are three games under five hundred and not yet mathematically eliminated, but somewhat unlikely to make the playoffs, despite winning nine of their last ten games, indicated their plan is to cut the San Diego payroll by 20% this winter. Their current intent is to trade star pitchers Josh Hader and Blake Snell and star outfielder Juan Soto, while retaining star infielders Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, and Fernando Tatis Jr. A couple of setbacks for the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday. An arrest warrant was issued for Pro Bowl defensive back J.C. Jackson. Jackson was charged with criminal speeding in 2021 in Massachusetts when he was a New England Patriot and ordered to take a class for reckless drivers. He reportedly failed to attend the class, failed to pay a fine, and failed to show up for a recent scheduled court appearance. The team also announced Monday that wide receiver Mike Williams, who caught six passes Sunday in the Chargers' 28-24 win over the Vikings for 110 yards and a touchdown, tore his left anterior cruciate ligament in the third quarter of the game and will miss the remainder of the season. It's the fifth consecutive season in which Williams has missed at least one game because of injuries at sports. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Speaking publicly for the first time since his indictment last week, Senator Bob Menendez doubling down on his innocence. I firmly believe that when all the facts are presented, not only will I be exonerated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. Federal prosecutors allege Menendez used his influence to benefit three New Jersey businessmen and increase U.S. support for Egypt in exchange for hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash, gold bars, lavish gifts, and more. The indictment also charging his wife, Nadine. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. The indictment said federal agents found stacks of cash hidden throughout Menendez's home. During a search last year on Monday, the senator said he had withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings over the last 30 years, which I have kept for emergencies. Not really explaining where a senator got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. (laughs) Uh, Let alone the gold bars. Where did the gold bar? You don't just go to the bank and withdraw gold bars from the bank, right? Not normally. I mean, gold bars are not an easy thing to carry around with you. They're, They're usually pretty heavy. And somewhat conspicuous. Said he had kept the cash for emergencies because of his history, uh, his family facing confiscation mm-hmm. in Cuba. You pointed out. They left Cuba in 53. He was born in 54. They left before Castro was anything. And I don't believe any of their money ever was confiscated. Bill writes in. So Just man- saying. I also pointed out he was a member of the Senate Banking Committee. Yes. And if you're telling me that you're worried about your money that's in the bank being confiscated. We should all be worried, right? I think I need to check into mine as well. Uh, Bill writes in, so Menendez proves there is corruption. Do we really believe he's the only one? I've been saying there's corruption for decades. Now some proof is finally produced, so maybe something can be done to stop it once and for all. I don't recall anyone saying he was the only one. (laughs) Or do we need even more proof before anybody will believe the conspiracy theory that has now been proven to be true? By the way, you you don't need to be the only one doing something in order to be indicted. No. And the first thing here, I will tell you, this does not prove corruption. All right? It doesn't look good, no. but there, it, it's not proof of corruption as of yet. It doesn't mean he's totally 100% guilty or anything, though. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, it doesn't look good, but no. this has not been proven in a court of law. That is correct. So you can assume... Innocent until proven guilty. Yes, based on the evidence that, uh, okay, this doesn't look good and that there looks like there is corruption... Um, but as of right now, he's saying there is absolutely yeah. no corruption, and that's why he is not going to resign, vowing to fight the federal charges. And he says that he will be exonerated and predicts that he will continue to be the senior senator from uh, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. People say, I'm sure there's a good explanation, and then he speaks, and they go, or maybe there isn't. Or maybe there isn't, yes. Uh, I'm laughing about this uh, because of how ridiculous. I'm not. I'm not laughing because this is a serious thing. Sure, you, you have a senator who is uh, accused of. It can uh, be serious bribery. and funny at the same time. Yeah, it, it's the thing that is just so ridiculous is the claims that he's making. That's why I'm laughing. I mean, the, the claims that he's making to prove his innocence mm-hmm. just seem. We should just so ridiculous. Ask him to you know. Let's have the bank records that show that you made all these deposits from your own. I mean, all these withdrawals from your own account. Well, get a subpoena. I'm just going to turn that stuff over just because yeah. you want it. Do you have a warrant? 208 336 need one? 3,700 pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, like I said, he, vis- he vows not to resign, and I asked a question mm. earlier this morning, how long before he resigns? Because I guarantee the pressure is become more and more from his, even senators on his own side of the aisle. Um, let alone just Republicans saying you need to resign. Um, we've already seen over the past few days a few more 
Democratic senators and uh, lawmakers who have come forward and said, all right, looks, uh, he ha- he needs to resign. KBY News Time, 7.56. Live home, live and local with Nate Shellman. It's after Unit 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. It is 8.06, 51 degrees in downtown Boise. Uh, NASDAQ down 129 points. Dow is down. Standard & Poor is down. Hey, the good news is... Uh, Crude oil is also down below $90 for the first time in a little while. Notice that gas prices here in Idaho have uh, dropped again, even though with a little crude prices jumping up. Yeah, um, I had seen this week that uh, it had dropped to $4.11 gallon at a couple of the places that I passed on the way to work. Yeah, and just uh, two weeks ago, it was 4 20 Somewhere I passed was 4 13 this morning. Yeah. So um, I don't know how long that's going to last. Or that possibly could have something to do because officially... The gas companies can now switch to winter blend gas. Winter blend gas is cheaper than summer blend. So uh, the the price drop we could be seeing is the fact that you just have gas stations that are switching over to uh, winter blend gasoline yeah. from summer blend and not necessarily because there was an actual price drop in gasoline prices. Um, talked about uh, yesterday, promo this, um, going to share how the federal government uh, beginning in 2027, is going to start matching your retire- retirement plan savings by 50%. So now a lot of us here, like we have a retirement plan here, a 401k, where mm-hmm. the company uh, matches a certain part of what we put in. This would be in addition, if your company doesn't match, the federal government beginning in 2027 could boost the retirement savings of lower and middle income Americans up to $2,000 per year through a new Savers Match program. So the money injects funds directly into the Savers account rather than simply reducing tax bills for qualifying individuals. Um, If you're wondering what your match will be, and like I said, this doesn't start until 2027, um, the government will match 50% of your contributions up to $2,000 annually. In other words, you uh, contribute $2,000, you'll get the full $1,000 match. Contribute five hundred, you'll receive two hundred and fifty dollars. The match will not count toward your annual contribution limits. This means even if you max out your four hundred one k, you can still get the one thousand dollars. The uh, federal government will deposit the money directly into your retirement account. No need to claim it on your taxes. Only pre tax accounts such as traditional IRAs and four hundred one k accounts will qualify. After tax Roth accounts will not get the match. Now, for 2027 tax year, depending on your filing status, you must earn under the following thresholds to receive that maximum $1,000 match. Single filers, um, $20,500. Joint filers, $41,000. Oh, so you have to be under $41,000 as a couple? As a couple. Okay. Head of, or head of household, you make under $30,750. So this is, this is really aimed towards the lower ends, helping mm. lower ends taxpayers um, oh, so it's be the, able this, to, to, to build a uh, so this one's retirement only, account. This one's only helping people who need help. Yes, yes. Now, that's to get the full match. If your income tops those amount, the match gradually, gradually phases out until you hit uh, limits for single filers, uh, 35500 um, It maxes out for joint filers at 70000 
1000 and for head of households at $53,250. So even though you might not qualify for the full $1,000, you can still uh, apparently get some of that match even as your income goes up. Right. So it does it does help out some of the uh, middle income taxpayers here in America, but for uh, richer people or people who are better better off, you're you're not going to get nothing, and you're going to like it. <laughs> you you're not going to get nothing, or you are going to get you're, nothing. You are going to get nothing, and you're going to like it. Talk like a pirate day again. You <laughs> are going to get nothing. Uh, text message or email in. Um, no name on this. Um, COVID numbers being reported by KBOI again, KBOI again yesterday. Yes, we did. We, we talked about that when we said that test kits uh, were again being mailed out for free by the federal government beginning yesterday. Um, test kits being mailed out free by our government to track and find every possible case. Checks calendar. Oh, that's right. Election year coming soon. Time to instill COVID fear. Get out those mail-in ballots, drop boxes, and all the other election fraud paraphernalia. And you guys say you have no agenda. But how sweet that you take the time to mention and possibly frighten those who are ill-informed about the stupid, almost cold-like treatable disease. Like, I, your, like yourself, I would assume. I don't understand how you got all that from us letting people know that they can get COVID tests yeah. again yesterday. I don't know how, how that frightens you. The government announced it. How so that makes you scared. We repeated it. I, I, I don't understand. The, if you're frightened by the fact that you can get a free yeah. COVID test mailed to you from the federal See, government. I'm, I'm a little old-fashioned when it comes to public you know, health emergencies and whatnot. I tend to go with the medical authorities and, and what they say as opposed to putting it to a vote of the general public. I, I don't know why also you think that if you get mailed something, the government is all of a sudden going to be tracking you. If the federal government wants to track you, they well, already can because everybody's required to pay taxes. I understand that completely. It's called intense paranoia. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry you got scared by our news story yesterday. Uh, I apologize. Uh, put your tinfoil hat back on and go to bed. You'll feel better. Your head might hurt a little. <laughs> 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Emails open. Uh, Mike at KBOI.com. Chris at KBOI.com. We'll take a break. Don't go away. When we come back, chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. It's Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question right after Bronco Sports today. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible questions. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. That's the only number you need to know when it comes to real estate. They can help you through the process, answer questions, maybe even give you a market analysis, tell you how much your home is worth for free. Give them a call today. Anna is going to get first crack at our question. Uh, Anna, we got a $50 Blaze Pizza gift certificate for you. You can answer this question. There is one team in modern NFL history and one team only that has scored five rushing touchdowns and five passing touchdowns in a single game. Which team is it? Miami Dolphins. It is the Miami Dolphins! As a matter of fact, this is how recent uh, in recent history. Uh, it happened last weekend. <laughs> 
Congratulations, Anna. Uh, you got yourself $50 Blaze Pizza gift certificate. Hold on the line. I got Blaze Pizza gift certificates to give away all week long. 70 points is what they scored. By the way, they had 70 points with eight minutes left to go in the game. They easily could have set the record, but the uh, coach pulled off the dogs, took the gas off the accelerator, whatever euphemism you want to use, because they easily probably could have scored 80 or more points. Uh, Some of the offensive linemen from Miami I I saw yesterday, um, they said that their impression was that in the second half, uh, the Denver defense just kind of gave up. I guess at that point it's it's going to be hard to come back if you're down you know forty points already in the third quarter, right? In what's, an NFL game, what's, what's better if you give up seventy points, uh, admitting that you gave up, or saying you gave it your best and still gave up ten touchdowns? Yeah, I, I would say giving up would yeah. be much much worse. KBY News Time is eight twenty four. We uh, do have a team that does not give up. As a matter of fact, they've had a great year so far. Uh, today is Bronco Tuesday. Bob Beeler is going to be with us coming up here in just about twelve thirteen minutes from right now. Today we are talking soccer. Tuesday is all about the other Olympic sports at Boise State and the other Olympic sports for the most part having really good seasons. And soccer is one of those. We'll be talking with the head coach and one of the players. Bronco Tuesday is on the way next here on News Talk KBOI. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk. KBOI. 8.35. It is Tuesday. That means Bronco Tuesday. Bob Beeler, uh, great to have you back in here again this morning. It's nice to be in here. We're talking soccer today, and we're pleased to welcome head coach Jim Thomas to the program. Coach, you got a couple of home games this week. Uh, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, under the brand new lights against Wyoming, and then Sunday afternoon at noon against Colorado State. How's the season going? It's going great. It's good to be home. There's just nothing like that natural home grass that we miss when we're on the road but it's it's going great we haven't lost a game since we played the number one team in the country in BYU and um, we're sitting at the top of the Mountain West table tied with four other teams at the moment Uh, and looking forward to this weekend Bob you nailed it Wyoming reigning champions at home under the lights doesn't get much bigger and better than that so we'll start with the lights you've had a couple of matches that have gone uh, prime time if you will so what is the experience like, and what would people want to know about that? Well, it's really cool. I mean, the, the coolest thing about it is, you know, everyone that gets to go home from school, get their own practices in or finish their own club stuff and get home from work, get some dinner, and then come out for some nightly entertainment. So there's no rush anymore, and I think that's why the gates have improved so much. And as a result of that, I wouldn't leave it too late to get there. It's kind of busy uh, with so many people coming in and out of the Boaz, but... The experience itself is just so unique. Once you actually get in there and uh, you're a part of the sights and the sounds and the feel, which is all just so different for a night game. It kind of reminds me of that old Friday Night Lights movie and uh, you you turn those lights on, the shadows cast across the grass and it's just a totally different experience. So uh, come out and enjoy it on Thursday. You guys are undefeated in your last seven games. I mean, five of those are ties, but that's still not defeated. And you've had some uh, variety in scoring the last uh, couple of games, uh, you've had Ashley and Carly. Uh, Carly scores a lot, of course, and then Cindy Connor also scored uh, her first error. Yeah, huh? yeah it's it's interesting. You know, people are really starting to key in on Carly, and 
She's a part of a group of people that are trying to score in a certain way. And to this point in the season, she's really been the tip of the sword. And I still think we're going to begin with that. But as we go through conference play, you're going to see other people feature. That's just the way team sports are. And uh, in our sport, the, the dreaded tie is a part of something we deal with on a daily basis. But some ties are good, some ties aren't. And I think that's when you look at those five that we have, some of them are great ties. Um, but having four teams that came from the Pac-12, five overall from uh, Power 5 conferences, um, to only lose one of those matches is a pretty decent uh, return for us. You mentioned um, that with the uh, lights being added and the night games and everything that you've seen an uptick in people that are able to go. Is it, it quite a pr- appreciable difference? Because during night games, of course, people aren't working. They don't have to rush and you know get kids and everything. Is it an appreciable difference uh, between fans at night and during the day games? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you just have to look at you know the the top end gates. So when we hosted the the conference tournament final in 2019 we had around 1200 people through the gates when we hosted BYU for a non-conference game uh, we had almost 1800 people there so almost 600 more people um, for a normal game imagine if that was us hosting the conference tournament Um, we're already into preparations now to be able to extend the gate up to around two and a half to three thousand people just to be ready for that um, but we've been up and around a thousand people for every game, as opposed to being in the five to six hundred for every game. So uh, mm. we've seen a huge, huge increase. Jim, as you've played now, you know what about a third to half of the season so far? What what is the strength of the team? What what is emerging as you see it? The the power and resilience of this group is unlike any that I've had before. They they're just as the as the young ones say, they're just built different. Um, they're loud sometimes a little obnoxious uh, they love to dance and sing uh, hoot and holler there's nothing that's ever boring with this group and they play the same way they they play this loud almost smash mouth style of offensive soccer that is exciting it's risky um, but they love to fly on the on the edge of things that way and, and they defend the same way as well with high pressure and high energy so it's this it's almost like heavy metal soccer, to be honest with you. It's very different to the way we played in the past. But it's a reflection of the kids that are in the locker room. And that's what we're most proud of at Boise State Soccer, that we're not rigid in that, in that kind of thing, in the tactic or the culture of the team. It's really, really important that it reflects the people that are actually going to participate in the sport. And if it doesn't do that, it's really difficult to get them to buy in the way you need them to. So um, we're really enjoying seeing their their kind of character and personality come out but that that'll be the thing you know it's how loud it is what's going on with all the dancing and then when you watch them play it's like oh my gosh these guys are flying right on the edge of it this is kind of exciting to share in it so i'm reading between the lines here uh when you talk about you know how the team is playing and and the makeup and everything like that um it sounds like you have uh, a really high team camaraderie with this team Oh, my goodness, yeah. And again, you know, you look back to what we've done over the last couple of years. We believe that we should win this championship every single year. We have the talent and the infrastructure and support to do it. So as you look back to last year, that was a really, really disappointing year for us. And often born out of adversity and and difficulty is uh, change, and change can often be good. And in this case, it was about giving the voice to the right people. They were very young last year. They kind of came of age throughout the off-season. 
Um, and and that that kind of process does bind you. They they call it trauma bonding, and they have a list of all these things that have been so hard for them uh, to overcome the kind of season that we had last year, the challenges of January and February, that it's bonded them in a different level. And when we travel, it's so much more fun. Um, as we go on team dinners or in the airport, the shenanigans that go on, the fun they have, the way they're making an experience for themselves, it's just so different and a lot of fun to be around. Your goalkeeper, Genevieve uh, Crenshaw, seems to be doing a terrific job this year, and I guess she's uh, close to tying the career shutout record at uh, Boise State. Yeah, she's, she's all right, that one. She's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> she's, teasing, she's teasing her goalkeeper coach at the moment, though. That's the, the ongoing joke around the office. One more shutout and she'll... Uh, get ahead of Liz Ruiz, who's been her longtime goalkeeper coach and an absolute stud of a, an assistant coach. And um, that will also tie her for the number one all time. And uh, she's been pretty darn close the last couple of games, only given up one goal. Uh, with any luck, she'll get that this weekend. We're going to be visiting with Carly Cross here in just a second. Tell us a little bit about her. Oh, look out. It won't be dull. She's right there. She's right ahead of this wild bunch that we've got, to be honest with you. Um, She's just a bundle of joy, that one. Uh, I love coaching her. She plays with her heart on her sleeve. She's raw, passionate, cares about her teammates, cares about her community, um, and wants this thing to be the most special it could ever be. And that will come out in the way she talks. She's an absolute pleasure. Coach Thomas, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Good luck this weekend, and good luck for the rest of the season. Sure, we'll talk to you again by before the end of the season, but thanks for being with us for a few minutes this morning. Always a pleasure, fellas. Have a great day. KBY Newstime is uh, 8.43. It is Bronco Tuesday. We'll take a break here when we come back. The aforementioned Carly Cross will be with us. We're talking soccer this morning. Now. Back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos. News Talk, KBOI. 845, Bob Beeler with us once again. It is Bronco Tuesday, and today we are talking soccer. And our guest from the team is Carly Cross. She is a junior from Anaheim, California. And Carly, this season with six goals already. Carly, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm looking at your numbers, and you had good seasons the last two years, but I believe uh, the number of goals you have this year really kind of uh, is way higher than it's been in the past. So why so many goals? Why are you all all of a sudden emerging as a big scorer? Um, You know, I think um, a lot of it has to do with the team dynamic that we have this year. Um, Everyone, like, just wants what's best for you, and we all support each other so much, and I think that I just had – like a change of heart maybe. I don't even know what it is, but I've been wanting to score goals since I came here. You know, that's what I was brought here to do, and it's been tough, obviously, not being able to do that for the team. So, um, I don't know. This year, just I just knew something was different. You know, I prayed about it, and I think that's what really got me to scoring. So, yeah. You had the hat trick, the first one for Boise State in several <laughs> years. Uh, have you had a hat trick in your career before at any level? Uh, yeah, I have been like, uh, I think I've had one in club, um, maybe a few when I was little, but you know, I never thought that that would happen to me in college. So it's been pretty, pretty unreal that that happened. So you were the, uh, Boise state Ford, uh, student athlete of the week. How did that feel? Oh, that was great. You know, I've never had that type of title above my name, you know? So it was just really, um, nice to 
to see my name under there because I've seen all the other great athletes um, get student athlete of the week, you know, my teammates like Kenzie McMillan, and it's just awesome to share that with them. Do you notice now after your hat trick, and as we mentioned, you have six goals on the season, do the opponents mark you differently now as as you become a little more known as far as being a scorer? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've noticed that the past weekend for sure. You know, every time I get the ball, it's like either they back off depending on what type of, people, what type of defender they are, and some are just, you know, fouling me like crazy, not letting me even get a chance to have my feet on the ball. So that's been something I noticed for sure. Who are some of your uh, closest friends among the teammates? Uh, are you good friends with uh, Genevieve Crenshaw? Oh, yes, I am, of course. Um, but other than, you know, obviously our team is so close. I'm, I would say I'm, like, honestly best friends with every single one of them. But I feel like in particular um, I'm close with my roommates, Jayla Land and Allie Chatterton. Um, they're, like, obviously my best friends. I live with them. So, yeah, and obviously Kenzie McMillan, just because we have that bond up there, up top together. So, yeah. We're visiting with Carly Cross, and, you know, Coach had mentioned this team is close. Why do you think this team is, is so close and has such good camaraderie? Um, well, like Jim said, I was I was listening earlier. Um, he said, like, we're trauma-bonded. Obviously not, like, actual drama, but just, you know, last season was tough for us, and, you know, we all wanted to change that. The coaching staff wanted to change that this year, so... You know, I think that over, like, the spring, when we had all the tough running that we had to do, I think it just brought us closer as a team, and, you know, we were just able to bond through that. So, yeah. If you can point out um, one thing that's different from this team this year to last year, what would it be? I feel like it's our drive to win the championship and our energy, our juice, like we call it. Um, Something just feels different, you know, before every game it feels different. It just feels like everyone's really, like, actually genuinely into the game and wants to win for each other. So I think that's something that I've definitely noticed has been a big change since last year. We've talked with Jim also about the lights from a player's perspective. Uh, How does it change the game? How does it uh, make you guys feel having night games? Oh, the lights are amazing. Um, that's been something that Jim's been trying to get for years and years. So being able to be here and, you know, just enjoy that time under the lights has been, like, surreal. So it's been awesome. Talking a little bit about you personally, um, what are you studying and where do you see your uh, life going after graduation from Boise State? What do you, what do you want to go into? Well, um, I am a communications major. I was a business major, but... Math was just not my thing, so I chose <laughs> communication. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I've always wanted to be a realtor, um, so maybe thinking of going into that. I'd love to sell some houses, maybe some maybe commercial real estate. Not really sure which one I want to adventure to yet. And then um, my dad also uh, works for a company, and my sister got a job there, and she's really loving it, so... If it comes to that, I'll do that. Um, you know, I have no idea where I want to live. I love Boise, but, you know, we'll see where life takes me. I'm not really worried about it. I'm just letting life go as it goes. So, Carly, you came from Anaheim, California. What's the story? How did, how did you get here? How did the recruiting go, and why Boise State? So, um, obviously, my club coach was super close with um, the Boise coaches. He talked very highly of them. Um, I came from California. My sister 
sister's boyfriend actually committed to Boise um, when I was in, like, seventh grade. So ever since, like, seventh grade, I just kind of had, like, that gut feeling about Boise State. So whenever I was in the recruiting process, I kind of just, I don't know, I just let that gut feeling take me, and I pretty much told my coach, like, the only place I wanted to go was Boise State. So that's how I got here. (laughs) And it seems like it's worked out pretty well. Yes, for sure. I love it here so much. When it comes to uh, other players possibly uh, coming to Boise State and trying to recruit, what would you tell them? Oh, I would tell them that Boise is, like, honestly the best place ever. A lot of people come from California, and it's it's like California people, good California people that come to Boise, and, you know, they just get to experience, like, the different types of nature, and the seasons are amazing. You know, I never got to experience that. And the school is just awesome, and it's growing, and it's going to be a big school one day. So I think it'd be a good place for someone to come, for sure. Carly, um, continued success. It sounds like you're having a great year. I hope that continues for you. Uh, I hope that begins uh, this weekend against Wyoming and Colorado State. Appreciate you taking a few minutes. And when you get out of school, uh, I happen to be married to someone who owns a real estate company. If you're interested, uh, I can hook you up because it sounds like you're the type of person that you would definitely love to uh, have working for the company. So good luck. Continued success. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk, KBOI. 8.54. Man, they're, they're, if the rest of the team has as much energy as the coach and Carly, <laughs> they, 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 kinda, that's why like they're they doing do. well, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like it's a party because those two are just uh, brimming with uh, energy. And just in talking to them, so I can't even imagine once they get out and start playing. Again, uh, Thursday night, 7 o'clock against Wyoming, and Sunday at noon against Colorado State. We'll also be heading to uh, Memphis. Memphis, first time Boise State has ever played them in football. Played them a couple times in basketball, mm-hmm. including the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago. Uh, our football show this week, Coach Avalos Weekly, will be Thursday night at 7. Uh, kickoff will be 2 Mountain, 3 Central, and that means game day will get rolling here on KBOI at 9 a.m. Have you been to Memphis yourself before? Yes, I have. I've actually been to the stadium. Chris, you've been to the stadium mm-hmm. as well. Well, we were in the Liberty not, Bowl. Not for the same game, though. No. Well, no, I went no, to the Boise, Liberty Bowl, too. But, Boise State but, was in the Liberty Bowl back in uh, 2004, and that's where Andy Avalos picked off a, a you know, had, had a pick six. A yeah, and he, he was asked about it yesterday and was talking about it and said that uh, one of the keys was he – was very tired while running because mm-hmm. Louisville had a drive going that he thought was either nine or like ten plays. So he had been out on the field for a long time and then had to go the ninety-two yards for the touchdown. Right. Hopefully, somebody can get a pick six that equals a, that or a, does better. It was a close game. Boise State, I think, lost what forty-four to forty. I think was the it was final. A, it was a good game. I remember watching. It was a really mm-hmm. good game. Have you had a, a chance yet to uh, start picking apart? Uh, Memphis, because I know nothing about this. Really team this good year. quarterback, I would say. Three year starter at quarterback, completes sixty seven percent of his passes, throws for about two seventy five a game, and really good defensive line. Those would probably be the when, the two the two parts of the team that that are that are the best. Now, when on the schedule do we get to the teams with the bad quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> we, no, we haven't had that much this year, have we? This will be the fifth week in a row. And every year, every week, it has been somebody that's been at least a returning starter. And in many cases, either a three or four. The next home game the following week is against San Jose State. 
And uh, Chevin Cordero is the preseason quarterback <laughs> of the year. He started, I think, two years for Hawaii and one year for San Jose State. No so for the, the, the quarterback, uh, opposing quarterbacks keep going. So uh, we're probably not going to get to a really bad quarterback until Air Force because they don't need a quarterback at Air Force because they run the ball all the time. Uh, Bob, thanks. Uh, Looking forward to the call coming up here on uh, Saturday once again, and then uh, we'll see you back in the studio, hoping once again for the third week in a row to be talking uh, about another win on Bronco Monday next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless News is coming up here next. Want to get through? You can also email us if you'd like to take part in the show. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 9.05, good morning. Thanks for listening in. Uh, you can take part in the show if you would like. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email us, chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. John wrote in about Menendez. He said, Google searches. The trick is... Don't do the search on your computer. <laughs> and definitely don't use Google, Firefox, Microsoft, etc. Can we say bat in the bell tower? Uh, that's just the dumbest thing because how many times have you heard, you know, people get convicted or at least they find evidence of crime committed basically because of Google searches they've done well, on their on, own computer? Yeah, that's on the ID channel all the time. Somebody has looked up uh, how to get away with killing your wife. And then, and then his wife died, and he goes, well, that's a coincidence. Act, yeah, just a coincidence. That's a complete coincidence. Menendez, uh, I can't remember, what was it specifically? He was looking up something having to do with his gold. Oh, is like, how, how much is a kilo of gold worth? There you go. How much is a kilo? Because that is Because everybody the, needs to know that, you know, because of how much gold they have at home in their suit or whatever it is. <laughs> because they found a, a massive amount of gold in, mm. in, in his home. Um, how I'm much sure I will be exonerated. Look, look really, the rest of us aren't nearly that sure. I've got Derek looking up. Now, now, Derek, before you look at the Derek's our producer. Yeah. Before you look this up, um, you haven't committed corruption in any way, shape, or form that has anything to do with gold, have you? Okay, then feel free to look it up because as long as you're not guilty oh, of well. something, you can look it up. I'm just curious how much a, a kilo of gold is worth. Uh, but no, it's not that much. Sixty-two thousand dollars. How many kilos of gold did they find in his home? Four, four, four kilos. Four hmm. kilos. Wow. Okay. So $248,000 worth of gold. Yeah. I mean, no evidence of wrongdoing. It's just weird yeah. that he has that uh, amount of money, be, stacks of cash you'd, you'd be, and, and you'd, gold. You'd be surprised how many people have that much gold stashed at home. And how many of them are probably U.S. senators. <laughs> <laughs> Um, years ago, I had uh, the story, uh, the neighbor of mine, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this, this is probably, I want to say seven, eight years ago, um, and, and it was the developer for the Banbury subdivision, the Banbury golf course, mm-hmm. um, he had had his home broken into, and he he was on vacation, and everything in his home was stolen. Everything? I mean, down to the floors, like everything. They moved in a moving truck. They stole gold bars. They stole silver 
uh, ingots. They sold everything. How, how, how far cars. Did, how far away did you live from this person? Th- uh, three homes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you weren't the one who had been asked to look at or watch the house. Then. No, no. Okay, thank, good. Thank that, goodness. And the weird okay. part is nobody thought it was unnatural that there was a, a moving truck uh, out for about 24 hours loading stuff into the truck. And this is the story. This is this is how you will remember the story. Yeah, you only you only really notice people when they're trying to be sneaky. This the the people uh, they caught the people who did it because he was pretty sure that he knew yeah. because he had hired the underage woman as who was a prostitute and that prostitute ended up had hired her for what? What do you think he ended hired oh. her for? Um, well, this is quite the story. So that's. Do you remember that story now? This uh, happened seven, eight years ago. Actually, so this turned out to be a big story. Actually, I do. And yeah, I'm, I'm also much more interested now. <laughs> but I mean, this person had gold bars and and silver bars hidden, you know, in his house in the safe. Um, so I don't. I don't. I mean, if you have gold bars, you probably have them. I would guess either in your home or possibly in a safe deposit box, right? Because I mean, gold bars are not easy to haul around. They weigh a lot. Right. Uh, okay. So Menendez, uh, I mean, where else is he going to keep it? Because apparently, as the head of the uh, banking um, for the uh, Senate, doesn't believe banks are safe. Yeah, that that was the that was the big thing. I mean, he's a member of the banking committee and tried to say that uh, the reason he was keeping all the money at home is because he was worried it would be confiscated. And so I hear that, and I'm thinking, now... Is that the guy you want running that committee? Should the rest of us be worried about our money being confiscated? And if so, why haven't you mentioned this before now? Before your indictment. Yeah. Uh, another text message at 208-336-3700. Uh, say what you want about KBOI and Casper and Chris, but I'm pretty sure y'all don't have an agenda. Well, golf and bacon, that's your agenda. Mm. We're on to you. I know that's yours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you have a problem with bacon agenda, do you? No, I don't golf anymore, but I do still eat bacon. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, in response to the person because we had shared oh, COVID said, news, said we have an agenda, we have an agenda yeah. of, of scaring people uh, about COVID just because we reported that you could now apply not, and get your not, four free COVID tests. I'm not saying straight out we wouldn't take kickbacks from the medical community. I'm just saying we haven't been offered any. Would, would those be illegal? If we took those kickbacks, I mean, we're not senators. Yeah, so they, they, they they would. Damn it. So actually, I come to think of it, I am saying we wouldn't take kickbacks from the uh, medical community. I but, just amended my previous okay. sentence. Uh, it sounded like a double negative, so it still sounds like I think you're saying we would. I wouldn't not say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more than uh, 60% of the members of the Idaho House of Representatives have signed a petition calling for a special legislative session to essentially repeal state law passed earlier this year that supposedly unintentionally eliminated the presidential primary election, but as uh, Monday afternoon yesterday, legislators had not legislators had not yet received necessary support from 60% of the members of the Idaho Senate that would also need to sign on to this. Part of the like, problem... How come when you said unintentionally, you just put little quote marks up in the air like well, that? I, what are you doing? There are some people, people that believe that this was not unintentional and that there were some people in the Republican Party that did it on purpose so that we could have a caucus instead of a primary. Um, now, we had Dorothy Moon, head of the GOP, on last week, and I, I can't remember the uh, official term she used, but basically said that was poppycock. 
Um, although not, she is, she is caucus. yeah, uh, she is pushing now for the caucus. The problem with this uh, is is twofold, and the reason we're talking about this today is because if they want a special session of the legislature to be called either by the House and the Senate, which they can do without the help of the governor. Or they're also pushing the governor because that would be the easiest way for a session to be called again is if the governor just calls back a special session. They have to do it before October 1st, which is Sunday, because the RNC said we need to know if you are going to have a caucus or a primary, and the deadline for that is October 1st. So as of right now, there's competing proposals from the House and the Senate. They they haven't even agreed in the Idaho legislature yet uh, to be able to put forth a proposal so that they can come to an agreement and a vote with 60% of the House and 60% of the Senate to bring them into special session. Now, you would have to, in the time allotted left, have to come to either that proposal or the governor call the special session. Then you would have to get everybody from across the state to get here to Boise for that meeting, and then you would have to have a vote, and that vote would have to be before Sunday so that they can officially um, get this to the RNC. Otherwise, we are going to have a caucus. That's that's the way it is set up as of right now. Now, Representative uh, Clow um, is one of the people who have put together the petition, He's from Twin Falls, your your hometown, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, says that he has reached the necessary support in the House, but has now turned the issue over to Republican legislative leaders in the Senate. Um, he's also one of the people that are pushing for Governor Brad Little to call the special session of the legislature because he says that's going to be the quickest way for this to get done. Now, in 2012, when the Idaho Republican Party held its last presidential caucus, this is why a lot of people don't want to see a caucus. 44,672 voters participated. That's according to the Spokesman Review. The Republican Party moved to presidential primary during the next presidential election in 2016. The number of voters who participated was over 225,000. So in just four years from the caucus, 44,672. Four years later, when it went to the primary, 225,000. So you can see so there's it, a big difference so in people participating. So it kind of went up 500%. Yeah. Okay. Just because they changed from caucus to the primary. And Klaus said yesterday, he goes, I don't particularly like the caucus because uh, it excludes too many members. Um, you're, you're talking about veterans who might not be able to get there because they're disabled. They not, might not be able to participate. People who don't happen to be in town during that time mm-hmm. to be able to participate in a live uh, caucus who may be traveling. So, And based on, on that, you you do get the impression in just a four year difference forty four thousand to two hundred and twenty five thousand. Uh, the only thing that really changed over that four years was the fact they went from a caucus to a primary. It, that's a pretty big difference, right? Mm-hmm. There there is a certain element right now that believes that you do not appreciate your vote unless it's somewhat of a hardship for you to cast it, and I don't really understand that. At this point, we're we're at Tuesday. Like I said. If they don't come to a special session to come back, and, and, and just coming to the special session doesn't mean anything. They would also have to agree 
uh, to pass a new bill that would allow the primary to happen uh, next year. It, it, I mean, I'm looking at this really an uphill climb as of right now. Um, in my personal opinion, I'd 80% that it isn't going to happen, at least for the next primary election. So basically, um, you can plan on a caucus next year, I believe. I don't think there's any way around that at this, at right. this late date. KBY Newsem is 916-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us this morning, remember you can always email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, back half of the week is uh, going to get uh, really busy uh, as far, especially nationally. We've got uh, coming up here tomorrow night, the GOP debates. Doug Burgum has made it offic- officially. Looked like he wasn't going to make it, but uh, he has been uh, now a, officially added. That's a load off of, um, well, not really about any, anybody's mind. but uh, <laughs> No. Yeah. It's just a, it, one more person that will take up time, yeah. uh, the other people, because it didn't look like he was uh, going to be able to make it. So GOP debate tomorrow night. Donald Trump has already said he will not be is, a part is, of the debate. Did Asa Hutchinson make this one? Yeah, so far, no. Mm. So he has not made this one as of yet. Donald Trump uh, will be headed to um, the UAW workers' strike to give them a uh, speech is he is he still got that planned still got that plan supposedly yesterday there was talk that he was uh, canceling that but like i said it was just talk yeah i haven't heard if it's officially canceled although the one thing that did happen yesterday joe biden uh announced hey he's going too. yeah a day ahead um surprisingly um no it doesn't seem like any of the uaw workers want either one of them Yeah. Hello, this isn't about you. Hello. Yeah, so, um, yeah, they, they're, they're both coming. And obviously, you know, we're in election season, so there's, there's a reason that they are coming. Um, the other things going on this week, the government, of course, uh, will shut down on Saturday if there is an agreement between, uh, in, in Congress. So we'll find out, like I said, Coming up by the end of this week, you and I, I think, are both in agreement that as of right now, as we, yeah. uh, as the way things stand, uh, it, I don't have high hopes for this not happening. Yeah, they're, they're not, they don't really seem to be in a panic about it. No. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing that's going on coming up Thursday, the uh, eyes will be turning to the uh, House as a committee, House Oversight Committee and Accountability Committee uh, will be opening hearings. Uh, that will provide, they say, the basis for the impeachment probe, which centers on whether Mr. Biden is vice president engaged in influence peddling to help his son and other family members benefit from lucrative foreign business deals. The uh, Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer uh, announced yesterday the first people that he will be calling as far as giving testimony, Eileen O'Connor, who formerly supervised tax cases for the Justice Department, Forensic accountant Bruce Dabinsky and George Washington law professor Jonathan Turley are the listed witnesses for uh, Thursday as this case gets underway. Lawmakers say they plan to provide the details of bank accounts and other financial records as well as witness testimony and text and emails to show how Mr. Biden acted corruptively. 
or corruptly. Sorry. Uh, Biden also has denied any wrongdoings, as you know, or any knowledge of any involvement in his son's business deals. The impeachment inquiry also followed testimony from IRS whistleblowers who say the Justice Department stymied their efforts to pursue evidence in a tax fraud probe of Hunter Biden that may have exposed corruption involving uh, his father. Comer, James Comer, who is head of the committee, said uh, this week that the House Oversight Committee will present evidence uncovered to date and hear from legal and financial experts about the crimes the Bidens may have committed as they brought millions of dollars uh, from in from well, other outdoor or outside the country uh, interests. It sounds like they progressed a bit because as of like a couple of weeks ago, they were still giving interviews where somebody you know would say, well, tell, tell us what kind of evidence you have. Well, we're still hoping to find that evidence. Well, and there's there's claims by Democrats, uh, the president himself, who says there is no actual uh, evidence so far. So we'll see if if there is actual evidence. Um, there may not be actual evidence of uh, connections to Joe Biden as of yet. But I mean, if you look at this thing, you have to say, OK, there are, there does seem to be a little some things that are a little, for lack of a better term, hinky. I've used that before. I like that word hinky. Um, you know, the fact that he's, he's changed just over the last four years, you know, where he originally said when he was campaigning that he has never, ever talked to his son about business ever before or any of his family, his brother or anybody. And you've seen the context of that claim change over the last, especially over the last year, uh, after it was found, uh, from testimony that he had been involved. Um, but then. Yeah, that was kind of a weird thing to say to begin with because. You know, even if you ask somebody who gets home from work, how was your day? You're sort of asking him yeah, about business. Yeah. Uh, and, and you, you and I both have kids. I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine never asking any of my kids <laughs> about, yeah. about their work. So, I mean, it seemed incredible in the first place that he had never, ever talked I, about. I ask, I ask Claire about Yen Ching all the time, but that's because I just really love Yen <laughs> that's, Ching. Yeah. That's a, that's a little different. True. Um, but I mean, even my kids, I, you know, I, I ask my son who I see all the time. Um, you know, we played golf this last weekend. I ask him how his work is doing or what's going on in his work. It just, it seems weird that you say, I never ever talk to my son or anybody else in the family. Uh, about business it, that, that seemed weird to begin with in the first place but uh we'll find more like i said the uh first hearings will get underway uh this coming thursday kby news times 926-208-336-3700 pound 670 and your verizon wireless broadcasting from the empire title studios we are news talk kboi 934-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to take part in the show, uh, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, House Oversight uh, Committee Chairman Representative James Comer uh, yesterday said he is disfa- dissatisfied with the National Archives and Records Administration's limited release of emails connected to President Biden. That's partially uh, one of the reasons why he thinks that this hearing and the impeachment uh, inquiry is a good thing to be able to get some of these records that they're not able to get just by asking for them right now. Yeah. Take a listen. Well, there are 5,200 emails that Joe Biden used a pseudonym uh, in communication of some form or fashion with, with the government. 
we've identified this. Now we want these emails and we want the unredacted versions. The National Archives sent 14 of those 5,200 emails yesterday. And I'm sure you're going to be surprised to hear this, Trey. Those 14 really didn't say anything. But yet the media, as soon as we got the emails, the 14 out of 5,200, they said, oh, this is a big nothing burger. So this was another example of the Biden White House coordinating with their friends in the media to paint a false narrative. So, no, we are not satisfied with 14 out of 5,200 emails. Uh, We expect all 5,200 emails. And that's another reason why we've had to go the impeachment inquiry route to try to speed the process up from where these government agencies are stonewalling and obstructing our investigation. That's another, uh, once again, I'll use the word, uh, a hinky thing. Maybe there's an official reason why you would use fake email accounts when you are the vice president with, you know, fake names. But apparently there's like 50, over 5,200 emails where the president, when he was vice president, this is when he was vice president, uh, you'd have used pseudonyms uh, for the uh, fake email accounts to talk to his son. So what would be the reason? I mean, do you have any fake email accounts that you have? Am I under oath? <laughs> Just say pinky swear. Then no. <laughs> I, I see. I, so, I mean, that's a question, right? It, that seems a little weird that as a vice president, you would have all these different fake email accounts where you use fake names. I, I, I just, as vice president, I guess I don't understand why you would do that. And maybe there is a legitimate reason, and I just am not seeing it. I don't know. How'd they learn about these? Um, I guess through the previous investigations. And apparently out of the 53,000 or 5,300 of them uh, that uh, NARA has, they've only turned over 14 of them. And even some of those had redactions. So they want fully unredacted all the emails. Um, Yeah. Emails with redactions don't do you any good at all. They don't do you any good at all, right? Here's the proof, except that it's been crossed (laughs) out. But, you know, we're going to get rid of uh, everything else. I mean, the the fact that they crossed out some stuff, that should mean something, right? So, I mean, this lawsuit comes after Comer sent the letter to NARA requesting the unredacted email communications between Biden and his son related to Ukraine, Burisma, and all the documents related to the pseudonyms used in those uh, emails. Comer revealed NARA has only provided um, out of the over what was it, 50, uh, 52, 5,300 emails so far that he's only received those 14. And he's uh, part of the reason that he, they want to do this is because uh, with the inquiry in the House and in the committee, they have uh, wide-ranging subpoena powers that they're going to be able to hopefully be able to get these. We've subpoenaed bank records from the shell companies. Remember, the problem that the Biden family has and the president has is his family's received over $20 million from foreign nationals. Okay, the Biden family and the White House cannot say one thing this family did to receive the $20 million. That is a big red flag with with every American. The polls show that. Well, next, uh, we want to see the personal bank records because the way the Bidens operated, Trey, is they – 
with Joe Biden set up these meetings, they set up phone calls with these foreign nationals who were all bad people needing some type of assistance from the United States government. They were all in trouble. They were being investigated for corruption. They were trying to get sweetheart deals. So once the, the, the meetings took place, Joe Biden communicated with all of these people. Then wires started transferring from those countries to the shell companies, the Bidens. Then, according to the banks, the Bidens would then launder the money to uh, from the shell companies to nine different Biden family members in incremental payments. We want to know what happened with the money once they received uh, once they were received by the Bidens in their personal account. So we've been doing what we said we were going to do all along. We're following the money. We followed the money from countries like Romania and China to the Biden shell companies to the Bidens individually. Now we're looking at the Bidens individual personal bank records and we want to see where they spent that money. And if you look at the laptop tray, there are many instances where uh, people like Eric Sherwin communicated with Hunter Biden saying this bill is due for your dads. Who's going to pay for it? So we want to see if, in fact, Hunter Biden was paying for things of value for Joe Biden. Once again, we've said this before. Yeah. You, there's, it's not what you think. It's not what you know. It's what you're going to be able to prove. Now, Comer said there, you know, it's a red flag that the Biden family um, got $20 million from foreign businesses. It's a red flag. But, however, playing devil's advocate here, it's not proof of wrongdoing by President yeah. Joe Biden. You still have to have, and, for lack of a I better mean, term, a smoking gun to draw that right. all together, technically, right? shell companies are perfectly legal. Yes, they, they've always seemed kind of shady, you know, because essentially they're for avoiding paying taxes. And but once again, it's one of those things that you look at and I'll use it. I'll use the term again because I like it. Hinky. You know, if they show Joe Biden has one of those shell companies, why? You know what I mean? Um, are, are you are you hiding assets from the IRS? Are you hiding uh, assets because you think what you did was wrong or are any of those accounts even linked to Joe Biden? Because even even if the family members, Hunter, his brother, other family members, I guess one of his granddaughter is tied into this as, as to receiving money, you still, to, for this to be an impeachable offense or being illegal for the vice president to peddle influence while he was yeah. vice president, you still have to be able to prove that somehow he he did that right yeah. you can't i it's like i said you well, can I think it all looks bad and it doesn't look good but you have to be able to prove it some there, way somehow. there are about there are about seven of the shell companies that have hunter biden's name on them and then uh, there are about 10 more that uh, were set up by businesses in which hunter biden was a partner and then there are about another seven or eight uh, that were set up by businesses with whom he has done business, but apparently none of them actually are in the name of Joe Biden. But uh, again, I mean that's that's what the whole thing is. That's why they're holding uh, in the hearings. The hearings yeah. is to find out a little more that they haven't yet found out. And once again, <laughs> it, it, if Hunter Biden did this on his own. And this is another thing that mm-hmm. just seems weird. It's like, where in the world or how in the world did Hunter Biden get this job when he has no experience in the oil industry, 
no very little business experience. How did he get paid these millions of dollars? Why were these countries and these businesses paying him millions of dollars for his so-called yeah, expertise that he didn't have? He, he could have been peddling influence that he didn't have access to. <laughs> and, That's I mean, always quite, a possibility. Yeah, and quite frankly... Because who's going to question it, Yeah, right? right. And quite frankly, him... Peddling influence that he might not have access. That's where the, that, that's where you have to have proof. Yes, that, I, I, that, I get it. That some would of, be very felonious. Yeah, I, I get this. That you know, this all looks bad for Joe Biden. But once again, if he is peddling influence that he actually didn't have, and you can't prove that he yeah. peddled that influence to his dad, um, you know, you, you still have to be able to to prove that, right? So, I mean, there's there's a lot that's going to be going on this. I, I get it that a lot of this looks bad, but there still has to be some evidence, some proof, and maybe we'll get that beginning this Thursday. Maybe we won't. Joe writes in, he says, uh, allegations are not facts. Why do you treat political allegations as factual without seeing the substantive proof? 5,300 emails is an allegation, not a proven fact yet. Same with $20 million going to Biden personal accounts. Facts live with facts. That's Joe. Um, I think the $20 million going to personal accounts, not not Joe Biden's personal accounts, to Biden family accounts has already been proven. To, okay. Yeah, not, but not to Joe just Biden. Not, not, to, just not, not to Joe Biden. Yeah, okay. Right. So not to Joe Biden. That hasn't been proved. And, and once again, if it doesn't prove that Joe Biden has received money, how, how do you... A, you know, how do you prove bribery if it's like, okay, we, he's, he's bribed. I mean, are, they going to be able to, are, they, are they going to be able to get Hunter Biden in there and just ask him, well, okay, tell us what you got this money for and tell you what you got that the for? The claim is that they are going to subpoena Hunter Biden. I, I don't know when that is going to happen. He's not one of the first people that they're going to be subpoenaing. But uh, Gordon and Council, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, uh, Hunter Biden. It was, I heard a comment that he was unqualified to be on the board of directors of Burisma. And what I never heard from that media source was that Hunter Biden is a, has a law degree from Yale. He's been a part of many businesses that operate overseas. You know, there are millions and millions of contracts arranged every day, agreements between states, agreements between states and companies. There are millions of people who have a job like Hunter Biden. And he's a multimillionaire. He makes millions of dollars, apparently at like one and a half million only a year ago. The $20 million figure is accurate about how much money he's brought into his family. But anyway, he's a multimillionaire. There's hundreds of thousands, at least guys like him, making money like that around the world. And all of them use shell companies. They distribute money to family members. Um, and I'm not saying Hunter Biden is... <laughs> This is like somehow, you know, I'm not trying to exonerate Hunter Biden, but uh, there's a lot of guys who could fit the bill as far as transferring money the way they do and using shell companies. And so it's, I kind of wonder if Mr. Gomer, he's kind of off. I just kind of think he's not going to get really get anywhere. Yeah, who knows? Uh, we'll see. I will. I will ask the question. Thanks for the call, Gordon. You know, if he's a multimillionaire, as you claim, why did he go to the courts and claim he was broke so he didn't have to pay? Uh, he could get a reduction in his um, child support payments for the uh, child he had yeah, with like, a stripper. Like I said, uh, uh, is your is your wealth based on how much cash you have on hand or how much credit you have? 
because I, I think some of these, seriously, some of these guys who claim to be multimillionaires, it's because they put themselves in a position where they can borrow that much yeah. money. And I and like we've said, you know, uh, some people don't think he was qualified, but uh, apparently the, some of those foreign businesses think he was very qualified. If we would have known that Joe was Hunter's dad, we probably wouldn't have hired Hunter to be on our board. There's just no upside to having the influence of the second most powerful person in the U.S., who then became the most powerful. Our recruiting of Hunter was based purely on merit. We regularly have headhunters scouting whorehouses and crack dens because that's where you tend to find the best talent for the energy industry. When we found Hunter passed out, video camera in one hand, dead prostitute in the other, being in a borderline coma, we knew, seat on our board, we gotta have him. We thought, well, this guy isn't fit for an entry-level position. He's got too much talent for that. He's more of a board of directors kind of guy. What's he worth? $100,000? No. $200,000? No. $11 million. And I can't stress enough, this was not about gaining the influence of his dad. We thought his dad died in Iraq, where his brother also didn't die. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. People by a 40-33 margin actually say they'd blame the Democrats for a shutdown more than they'd pin it on Republicans in Congress. Obviously, clearly, we should state clearly, this shutdown would be on Republicans. It's House Republicans who can't get a deal done. It has nothing to do with the White House or with Democrats right now. But people don't necessarily feel that way. In past shutdowns, it's almost always fallen on the Republican Party, often the congressional leadership in the Republican Party. That's from ABC News. Reporting on a story, giving their opinion. Mm. (laughs) Talking about how uh, a poll states that they blame Democrats and then Jack's his own opinion saying it's clearly the Republicans' fault and the people who took the poll don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, that's uh, one of those things where people say, well, it's their fault. They didn't agree with me. Craig writes in. It's my fault for not agreeing with them. That's not right. Craig writes in. It's interesting the whining about government shutdown and people not getting paid. It never lasts very long, and they always get back pay. Um, That's true. That that is the one thing about a government shutdown is as soon as uh, they're back up and running again, they just make up the pay that you missed. They did that when it was thirty five days last time. Now, do they? If they didn't actually work, do they get paid? That was a question I had because I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't think they do work when it's. Uh, but. You know, you have a contract that we're going to give you this much just because we closed doesn't mean that you can't get your money, apparently. Yeah. It's different than, you know, the uh, private sector. We were talking a little bit earlier uh, this morning on whether or not the Idaho legislature was going to be able to call itself back in session in time to get a primary ad instead of doing a caucus for the 2024 presidential election. Uh, Jim uh, gets me on Facebook, uh, says they have to give 48 hours notice to each legislator for the special session. If they did that today, the earliest they could meet would be Friday. All the legislators will be in Idaho Falls for a legislative event that is already scheduled there. So I get if all, I get they don't have to be in Boise, I guess. So as long as they're all together in Idaho Falls, maybe they could have the meeting there. But that's interesting. I didn't know um, they had to give forty-eight hours notice um, to get the legislator uh, mm. legislature back in session. That's great info. Thanks a lot, Jim. Clay out west writes in: We live in a free country where the Congress determines every aspect of our lives, and we are too dumb to resist. 
Case in point, all the new rules regarding how we manage our retirement. We pay taxes when we get paid, pay taxes when we spend. We are regulated in how much we can put aside for retirement and how much and when we can spend our retirement funds. If we lived in any other country in the world, we wouldn't have these freedoms, I guess. Let's see. Joe writes back. He says, facts again. Quickly, the lion's share of the $20 million went to Biden Family Business Associates. About $5 million went to Biden Family Members. The records show no evidence that any payments went to Joe Biden, who was vice president when some of the payments occurred. The records also did not reveal that Joe Biden engaged in wrongdoing. We don't know that yet because they haven't even had the House hearings yet. That's what this is all about, to see if there is evidence. I'm not saying there is. I'm just saying we don't know that yet. Thanks for all the phone calls and emails. We are uh, done for the uh, day. We'll uh, take a 20-hour break. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow.